What is up, Bitcoiners? It's CK, and I had an awesome conversation with Ben Price. Uh, ben is, you know, an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, a uh, product guy who has worked um, at different, um, you know, kind of fintech and other sort of uh, technology products uh, before getting into Bitcoin and then after getting into Bitcoin. And, you know, really after he joined Visa and after joining Visa, he decided, you know, the big company, the banking uh, that wasn't really for him. He wanted to do something a lot more grassroots Bitcoin. So um, he's diving deep into the Bitcoin uh, space. And he not only is starting his own kind of Bitcoin startup, but he also has started OpenSats with an awesome board of people. That was the focus of this conversation. OpenSats is a new nonprofit that is soft launch. And by the time you're listening to this after Bitcoin 2021, it is going to be launched and it is a platform for you to donate to Bitcoin Core and Bitcoin adjacent technologies, either directly or into a general fund um, and be able to write that off. And they're trying to create really cool uh, ways to either pay in Bitcoin or, you know, subscribe to regular payments with a visa. They hold everything in Bitcoin. So, you know, you swipe your visa, they auto buy Bitcoin and hold that in a treasury before it is distributed to wherever it needs to go. Everything is Bitcoin and they're just trying to be a black hole to suck up value and redistribute it to the most needy projects out there and the most deserving projects out there in the Bitcoin space. They are true Bitcoiners and Bitcoin to the core. Before we get into this podcast, I want to tell you about BitcoinMagazine.com. It is the number one resource and place to be um to be building out and learning about Bitcoin. It's the number one place to learn about Bitcoin resources. It is uh, the oldest periodical that is focusing on Bitcoin. It is the only major news source in the Bitcoin space that is only Bitcoin. We don't talk about anything else. We're not like the other guys who, you know, they treat all projects like they are as legitimate as Bitcoin. That is not what we're about. We're here for Bitcoin, and that is what Bitcoin Magazine is about. We are a platform for plebs, and we are the place where plebs should be publishing their Bitcoin thought leadership. The people on the ground, the holders, they are the people who understand Bitcoin the best. We know that, and we want to give them a place to show their work, and we want to be a place where all Bitcoin companies and everyone in the Bitcoin ecosystem can distribute content. So hit us up over at Bitcoin Magazine on Twitter. Check us out online. Contact us. Hit us all up in the DMs. We are all over Twitter, us Bitcoin Magazine team. So, uh, you know, don't be shy. We want to hear from the plebs. All right, y'all. Let's get into this podcast with Ben Price. Ben, welcome to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. How's it going? Going really well, man. I, uh, I'm out here uh, at a hot week on the East Coast, but it finally rained today. So the birds are out enjoying the, the cool weather for once. You love to hear all that chirping in the background, man. Um, before we started recording, your background looked absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I'm in uh, Shenandoah Valley, which is kind of what, two hours or so west of uh, Washington, D.C., out here in turkey farm country. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous. I, I take it for granted uh, how how beautiful it is. I've, you travel around the world. I've been lucky enough to travel quite a bit and go to Thailand and a few other places. And the more I the more I travel, the more I realize like how how actually nice it is out here in the the Virginia mountains. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a nice break. My family lives out here, but um, it's it's pretty slow, pretty quiet. Not not very much Bitcoin country, I'd say. Nice. Well. Um... Are you planning on being in Miami next week? 
Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to figure out when I'm actually going down there. I think I might head down um, this week sometime and just kind of uh, shack up, get there early, and um, say hi to some people down in Miami. But I'll definitely be there for the conference. We're sitting in on – there's one panel with um, a couple people about open source funding, and then I think we'll have a few talks at the uh, the open source dome as well. Yeah, Matt Odell's uh, organizing the Open Source Dome. Honestly, for anyone listening to this, the conference already happened. Bitcoin 2021 <laughs> will have already been a smashing success. Um, but I'm hyped to meet you there. I'm hyped to meet you there. Yeah, it'll be exciting. There's a, there's quite a, I mean, God, there's so many people going. I think the only, I'd say the only like real Bitcoin conference I've been to other than this was like uh, Bitblock Boom last year in, in Dallas. So I got to meet got to meet uh, a few people and put some some names to faces but uh this will definitely be the biggest one dude i mean it truly is the biggest bitcoin conference in history so uh it has to be the biggest one you've ever been to or anyone has been to uh with that and honestly david bailey the ceo of btc inc and bitcoin magazine he has some massive ambitions for bitcoin 2022 so um he's he's already trying to outdo this one yeah, let's just let's just make sure this first one goes off. All right. I think, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out next year. Yeah, no, 100 percent. But hey, you know, that's all he's thinking about. I know you're thinking about a lot when it comes to Bitcoin, but um, his day to day is, you know, how do we bring Bitcoiners together? How do we bring Bitcoin mainstream? And this is the main thing for Bitcoin magazine, right? This is kind of your big yearly thing that you all do. Yeah, yeah. So we did the first one was Bitcoin 2019, and unfortunately, Bitcoin 2020 uh, got got <laughs> canceled because of COVID. Um, but <laughs> honestly, we just got the extra energy this year into Bitcoin 2021, and we're we're excited. We're excited to make it happen. But hey, that's that's enough about the conference that already happened, and uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about you, Ben. Like so. Who is Ben Price? Like, how did you get into Bitcoin? Why? What have you just started with in the Bitcoin community and OpenSats? <laughs> yeah, what have I done? Um, let's see. I, it's, a, it's a bit of a broad question, I think. Um, I, but I guess I guess if I had to... Sorry, my mom just came out here. I hate talking in front of people. Um, <laughs> uh, but okay, so who, who is Ben Price? Um, if, you, if you like go way back in the day, I grew up in North Carolina. So I think like... Still got a lot of like the southern roots in me, um, <laughs> or at least I like to think so. The like the the have fun staying poor meme is just like something I can't I can't muster myself up to say. It's just like not <laughs> not really how I was raised. Um, but okay, so yeah, grew up in North Carolina. Um, it's great down there, but uh, had to get out. So I graduated from UNC back in the day. Studied econ and business, um, which is you know sounds like I'm doing a job interview here. It's really not that interesting. Uh, it got interesting after that though. So I, I kind of figured out that you know I was alive in what like the the late '90s, early 2000s, and I was like hadn't done anything to do with the internet and computers yet. So after I graduated is when I kind of put that together and. Uh, taught myself how to code, kind of did some data science, did some consulting, um, and then <laughs> realized I hated like the enterprise space. Uh, so I ended up joining like a small startup in Washington, D.C., uh, doing product management. And that was, you know, still not in the Bitcoin space yet. Um, and then somewhere around, man, I don't even know when it was, probably like 
probably like 2016. Um, I think I like stumbled across upon probably at the time like crypto, uh, and then you know was was lucky enough to uh, find some like pretty high signal to noise stuff fairly early on. So um, you know made it made it down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and uh, kind of decided you know this is this is absolutely what I want to do. I you know I, I guess I still didn't didn't know exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, but I. It, it was like Bitcoin and and blockchain, I guess you could say, was like the merge, the merging of like everything I was fascinated about. So I loved game theory. I loved economics. I loved math. Um, didn't know shit about decentralized systems and stuff. So it was really fun to continue learning. Um, but yeah, so once I once I kind of made it down that rabbit hole and decided this is this is the space I need to be in, I I like left my small startup and kind of just like threw my resume out there in front of the world. Um, luckily, it didn't get picked up by like anyone, any of these like shitcoin projects. I think I applied everywhere. Um, but uh, it, at Visa Crypto had uh, kind of decided to take me on and I, I took that opportunity and, and was working there the last two years or so. Um, really focused on um, kind of their proof of concept stuff. So I think I was, in, I think I was employee number three at Visa Crypto. Um, and I focused really on um, working with the Visa research teams, building out um, kind of like second layer protocols. I was like extremely fascinated and excited to try and bring Bitcoin and Lightning to Visa. Um, I'd say the team wasn't <laughs> probably wasn't quite as excited about Bitcoin as I was. So that's ultimately why we decided to kind of part ways uh, this January. And so. Wait, wait. Um, so I want to talk about this a little bit. Yeah. So uh, there's, there's two things here that I'm interested in visas. Like I want to get a little bit more insight into what their team actually did care about. And the other yeah. thing is like, personally for me, you know, I don't think Bitcoin has a scaling problem because I think that Bitcoin is going to scale permissionlessly and with and on permission layers as well, because everyone's just going to plug in the sound money app into their app, right? So I'm just kind of curious, like, does that align with how Visa thought about it? Um, but yeah, I'll just send it right back to you. Um, so Visa was frustrating for a couple of reasons. Uh, I think the biggest being that it was a giant, slow moving enterprise. And I, I think I already said, like, I kind of hated the enterprise life. So I knew I knew it was going to be tough joining joining a large company like that. But what I kind of told myself was that, you know, um, Visa had the opportunity to like really change things for the world if they decided to kind of hop on the the Bitcoin bandwagon and specifically the Lightning bandwagon. I think that's probably one of the the major companies that stands to get disintermediated um, if if Lightning kind of comes to to fruition. Um, but to be honest, Visa, you know, I learned a lot about like how traditional payments and how um, kind of everything, <laughs> everything works today as far as merchant acceptance. And one, one thing that I guess I didn't really know was, um, you know, Visa's main clientele are big banks. Uh, so they really don't interface at all with end consumers. You know, you might, you might see a Visa card in your wallet, but that's <laughs> that's pretty much the only like touch point they have with you as a consumer. Otherwise, they are working day and night to make commercial banks happy and also to make central banks happy. They're kind of like a sounding board where central banks will call them up and um, and you, you know kind of ask about the payments ecosystem. Specifically, now that like central bank digital currencies are are kind of all the rage, and so um, a lot of 
I'd say what Visa is really focused on, I, I focused a lot on layer two stuff, trying to figure out how to make, um, you know, kind of instant real-time payments work for them. However, uh, most of that work, unfortunately, got tabled um, and, and they started focusing more on stable coins and central bank digital currencies. And, um, you know, I think, I think part of that's because they're a payments company and and to be honest, uh, stable coins kind of kind of work right now better for their clientele as far as a payment mechanism goes because of the, I guess you could say the volatility aspect of Bitcoin. Um, merchants typically, you know, don't want to take a twenty percent hit on their bag of Cheetos by the end of the day. Um, but but mostly it's because Visa and the banks that they work with deal with end of day settlement. Um, so until until Visa decides to roll out some systems where payments and settlement kind of happen in real time, I think they're going to have a really hard time adopting, um, you know, a digital currency like Bitcoin, which which does fluctuate a little more in value on a day-to-day -day basis than than fiat currencies. So without giving up too much on them, yeah, they're, they're definitely hyper-focused on stable coins and central bank digital currencies and really uh, helping, helping big banks uh, try and like kind of get into the ecosystem, which which well, is all right, but but not for me. <laughs> in that case, good riddance, because they're gonna get wrecked by uh, by their inability to get out of like this fiat skeuomorphic thinking. Yeah, I think they'll they'll probably end up in the custody game if I had to imagine. Uh, they're they're really you know Visa's really talented with um, being online all the time, and then also. Uh, managing like tokens. So, you know, everything in the payments ecosystem is kind of tokenized now. And what that really means is Visa has like this background with managing um, kind of private keys. And so I think that uh, it kind of fits in nicely to their game plan there, this public key, private key cryptography. But, you know, if again, if unless they're unless they're ready to like really get serious about real time settlement versus end of day settlement, I don't see uh I don't see Bitcoin being on their, their short-term roadmap, unfortunately. All right. Well, let's continue on with your story. We don't have to yeah, let's, talk about Visa get, too much. But the, the distinction up. about real-time versus end-of-day is, is interesting. Yeah, and it was it's something that kind of came along. I, it, it was just like it took about a year for me to realize like this, you know, this they're, they're not going to get serious about Lightning, at least yet. Um, maybe, maybe one day. But yeah, we can talk about anything else. Visa's, Visa's gone and in the past. <laughs> so what was after what was after visa um <laughs> so yeah after visa um well i guess i'll back up a little bit kind of uh towards the end of my my stay at visa um i kind of wanted to start this project so that's i think it was august of 2020 is when um i was like screwing around with btc pay server trying to create like a website um, where I just like sold t-shirts or something really it was just trying to figure out how to get BTC pay server to work, but I, I didn't want to deal with like paying taxes and like making a business out of it. So I was just going to donate, you know, probably the three t-shirts I sold all the profits to charity. Um, and so I was looking for like a, a nonprofit that was easy to just give back to that could kind of contribute to core devs. And, um, at the time there really wasn't anything. So, uh, I wasn't as plugged in with the community, but like I've been in Matt's DMs for a while, Matt Odell's, and I basically just pinged him with all my questions. I don't think he had any idea who I was, but uh, basically hit him up just to like sanity check the fact that there weren't any like kind of nonprofits in the space that uh, were giving back at the time. And 
he didn't really have a great answer for me. So <laughs> foolishly or not, I was just like, okay, well, like, let's just start one. Like, I'll, let's do this. And um, so I decided that like, hell, how hard could it be? And, and we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a nonprofit or we'll do a 501c3 and, and uh, make sure that we give back to, to core devs through it. And um, that was like kind of the beginning um it's it's been a heck of a journey it's it's you know it it wasn't as easy as i had thought it might be it's it's cost a lot from a legal standpoint um it's taken more time than anything um but it's been a fantastic ride i think um i've honestly got to meet so many amazing people in the community uh the board that that kind of agreed to come on and that we put together has been fantastic to work with and then some of the community members and like uh individuals and businesses that have have already decided to give back um i don't know it's just been incredible to see like uh like the ceos of big companies that like you wouldn't think would care to talk to a nim about anything um are not only out here kind of giving their hard-earned money um but they are you know giving their advice and that goes all the way down to core devs to designers to security researchers um everyone in the community has just been amazing to kind of give their feedback and help mold the project but um that was kind of the origin story i think i'm i'm on a tangent here i don't even remember what the question was well, no, I was asking what's after Visa, and you you answered it. You jumped right oh. <laughs> into OpenStats, and uh, effectively, you, yeah. you started a nonprofit to kind of you know fund Bitcoin development and Bitcoin adjacent development. Can you kind of talk about like the team you've built up? I, you know, I work with Matt Odell. He advises Bitcoin Magazine. I know you work with him. Uh, you know, he's helping you advise OpenStats, uh, and I'm sure other uh, a, a nice and impressive list uh, as well. Uh, you want to just talk about like yeah. who's helping you actually do this? So um, part of what I was nervous about with OpenStats, as you know, was like there is a lot of drama behind other organizations in the space in the past that I think we're trying to kind of be like a voice for Bitcoin. And like that is absolutely not what I'm definitely trying to do or what I think anyone else is trying to do. So one thing that I knew is like there's going to be a lot of hard decisions, especially if we are kind of like taking in donations and deciding where and how to distribute them. Um, and so I wanted to kind of surround myself with just really, really smart people with with good morals, good principles, and um, was able to put together what I think is a really incredible board. So, I mean, I'll run through them real quick. Uh, we've got Janine. I'm just going in the order of what they're listed on the website. So no preferential order here. Uh, Janine, who um, is is like really big into privacy. She was the one person who I was like almost certain would would not be on the board. Um, but she decided to she decided to join. Um, she does a lot of kind of reporting um, on on privacy and has this month in Bitcoin privacy, which is an amazing newsletter. Um, Dread, which is a NIM, um, he is uh, a buddy of mine that I actually um, <laughs> I met through a Telegram group called the Dirtbags or Al's Lacrosse, and met him in Bitblock Boom and. Um, we had been traveling around the world together. So he and I were in Jamaica and Mexico and Brazil for the last year. And he's really like an international advocate for, for Bitcoin. Um, Dude. He was just, yeah. Can I, I'm sorry, I have to jump in. Um, I've hired two people out of the Owls Across Dirtback Fridays uh, <laughs> hangouts. So um, damn, group, just man. another another reason why that's just an elite group of plebs right there. <laughs> it really is. Plebs is a great word for it because it's just it really is just a bunch of dirtbags who who just really believe in Bitcoin. But 
Yeah, that's where Dredd came from. That's how I met him. Um, realized he was just like a super awesome person. He was actually just down in El Salvador uh, with Jack Maulers and and the people from uh, Bitcoin Beach. I think Miles Suter was down there. Um, so he's he's kind of like kind of scoping out how to maybe replicate like a Bitcoin Beach type um, thing around the globe that that Open Sats could help support. Um, we've got Elenu, who I think is technically a, a Bloomberg reporter. Um, I should probably know a little bit, a bit more about what she does in her uh, professional career, <laughs> but I know, um, but but she's been able to contribute some awesome things. She's really been helping on the the grant side of um, you know what OpenSats is going to do. James O'Byrne is is kind of our resident core dev, um, so he's he's sponsored by a few companies in the space. And extra shout out to James for um, being willing to come on board because because we're trying to avoid all conflict of interest, he kind of gave up the ability to potentially raise, um, you know, funding through OpenSat. So he's giving up a little more than most board members. Katan, who uh, is kind of our, he's a resident Aussie, but he's he's kind of the one that's been playing around with all the open source technology that we're looking to fund. Um, and he's, he's uh, uh, Stefan Lavera's partner with Ministry of Nodes. Matt O'Dell, who does TFTC and is a big privacy advocate. Lisa Negitz at Blockstream. She's doing sea lightning work and she's been putting out a ton of fires on the back end as we try and integrate BTC Pay Server. Um, and then last but not least, we've got uh, Udi Wertheimer, who, um, you know, former, former developer, probably the biggest troll on the internet, at least in the Bitcoin space. And um, hopefully I can get him to like uh, pick up our our Twitter profile. So it's actually a little more entertaining than, than someone like me. Um, and then I round out the board that makes nine of us. And uh, together we kind of like, we make all the decisions um, as far as uh, <laughs> I guess, exactly the direction of the organization again we're not we're not trying to speak for for bitcoin we're not trying to pick the direction that we want bitcoin to go um we're really just trying to make sure that uh we keep uh, shit corners off the platform and we make sure that um anyone who is kind of listed to collect funds is uh is in fact free and open source so um, that's kind of the role of the board and, and we can dive a little more into exactly what we're building and, and how it works if you'd like yeah, no, I think that's the logical next step. What's the platform versus, I mean, let's just say there's a couple of other funding organizations, but what makes OpenSat different than, you know, Brink or what HRF is doing? Yeah, so that, that that's actually kind of funny. At the time, I think I said, I think August of last year, there really weren't any of these organizations around. Uh, probably like a week after I decided to start OpenSats is when, HRF's privacy fund came out and I really love what they're doing. Uh, Gladstein and HRF are, they're really awesome. They're, I think they're 95% pass through, which is fantastic. Um, and they're really focused on Bitcoin privacy preserving kind of technologies. And, and so that's another great organization to uh, kind of donate to. Um, Brink.dev is, is another good one that uh, John Newberry and, and Mike Schmidt came out with. Um, I, I might be missing someone else there. So sorry, guys. Um, but they, they're a little more focused on, I think, like training the next wave of Bitcoin core developers or, or Bitcoin developers in general. Um, so I think they, they're running a program where Newberry is kind of training up um, uh, future devs. And so we, there's also a few others, you know, Square Crypto um, is a good one. They're a little more focused on design. MIT DCI is doing some good work. There's a, there's a lot of really good options now. Um, 
one thing that I I really wanted to stress from the get go is that like we are a hundred percent pass through. I get really frustrated or with with charities that like um, that have so much overhead, and I think it all it came back to uh, it, it's just like this one this one fun fact kind of stuck with me from when I was a kid, and I hope I'm not misquoting this. God knows this was before I I, I did the all the the verify stuff, but um. I think I remember giving to Goodwill like all my old clothes when I was little. And then I like discovered that the CEO of this charity was making like a million dollars a year. And <laughs> it really pissed me off uh, as like uh, as a kid who was, you know, thinking I was doing a good job by giving my clothes to the to the needy or whatever. And then discovering that, you know, the, the person in charge was actually making all the money. So the first differentiator that that I really wanted to to like stand firm on was the fact that we are 100% pass through. And that was actually a lot harder to execute than I thought. Um, but the dominoes started falling. So um, because I reached out to some organizations, uh, th there were costs with creating the the, the open sets kind of um, ecosystem. So luckily, other organizations in the space have been able to give back where they can. So just as an example, Silvergate uh, Bank is doing our banking for us. Um, they waived all the fees. River is doing our um, fiat to Bitcoin kind of conversions for exchange services, and they're waiving all of our fees. Um, Noddle Cloud is hosting our website and our BTC Pay Server instance, and they're doing that for free. Um, again, we're using BTC Pay Server, which is obviously free software. I mean, everyone, everyone in the community has kind of stepped up to either maybe give their time, maybe give their money, or at least their services. So really shout out to everyone who's helped kind of make that 100% pass through a vision. And then even the last piece, um, well, I guess this jumps into the, the next differentiator is that uh, we do kind of, uh, we do accept fiat. So we're going to be taking um, credit debit donations as well as Bitcoin donations, obviously, but all of our funds are going to be converted into, held and eventually distributed in Bitcoin. So if you do come to our site and maybe you do a $20 a month recurring donation to you know a lightning developer, then uh, what, what's actually happening there is Stripe's going to be doing our processing. It's going to get dropped into our Silvergate bank account. And then in real time, we're going to send that off to, to River and we're going to basically smash by Bitcoin. Um, we're, not, we're not trying to time the markets or anything. Um, we're just buying Bitcoin and then eventually distributing it to um, any open source contributor that's on the platform. So that is another, I think, slight differentiator is that we are like 100% Bitcoin treasury. Um, and I think there's also some ancillary benefits there where uh, it kind of requires anyone who's on the platform to, to actively learn how to use uh, Bitcoin and Lightning in order to receive their funding. And the reason that's relevant is um, this third piece where I think we're a little bit different is uh, that we are we kind of have a broad definition of what it means to be a contributor. Um, so not only do we want to support developers, but we think you know I'm a, I'm a product manager by trade that's really focused on user experience. So for me, like uh, having designers that are that are focused on UX is really important. Um, having code reviewers to make sure that the the actual code that people are putting out there is reviewed is secure and is actually kind of making it through the development pipeline. Maybe it's just security auditors. Um, and then additionally, not only are we, we kind of like trying to support um, different contributors across the Bitcoin ecosystem, we are really all about just supporting free and open source software. So while at all these, a lot of these other projects are exclusively focused on Bitcoin, 
what our kind of tag phrase is. We are a charity supporting contributors to Bitcoin Core, um, as well as kind of ancillary or supplementary free and so open source software or free and open source projects. So maybe you're a Tor developer. Um, maybe you're a developer working on secure encrypted communications. Maybe you're a Lightning developer or... Um, really anything else, like anything that's free and open source, uh, we think is fair game. The The whole challenge of the open source ecosystem is kind of the free rider problem. And while Bitcoin sees that with, with our core contributors, so does the technology, you know, other open source technology in the space. And, and honestly, Bitcoin needs a lot of these ancillary tools and, and technologies to kind of flourish uh, at its fullest potential. So we want to make sure that that everyone in the, in the open source ecosystem is supported. So I think that that wraps up a, most of the ways that that I think we're different. Maybe with the final piece being that um, we're trying to be a little more transparent than than uh, I don't want to say more transparent than these other organizations. But one one thing that I I struggled with is a, a lot of times uh, when you donate to charities, where the money goes is a bit of like a, a black box. You're, you're not sure. You might you might give twenty dollars to an organization, and you're not sure who that's actually going to end up going to. Luckily, a lot of the the organizations in the space do a good job of allocating funds. Um, but what we wanted to do was give our contributors or our, our donors the choice if they um, if they know uh, the projects and, and people that they want to that they want to fund. So maybe you're really interested in funding designers. Maybe you're really interested in funding tour developers. Um, ideally, what would happen is um, on our platform, there's going to be individual projects listed. And I'm hoping that most people donate to the individual projects that they want to see um, their money go to. And so I think that is a little bit different. There's also going to be the option to donate to a general fund, and that will be allocated kind of in more of a, a traditional grant style fashion um, where individuals can come and apply on the website and then our nine person board of directors will kind of um, pick and choose how to allocate based on where we think the money will go the furthest. So I've been talking here forever. Um, I, hopefully that kind of sums up how we're different. I might have missed a thing or two, but um, those are the those are the, definitely the main points. Well, the thing is, Ben, is that the people are here to listen to you talk about open sats <laughs> and not me. So um, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to. And that was a fantastic explanation. I was like thinking of questions to follow up with, and then you just like hit them all. Um, so uh, great job. Um, so I really like that there is the way to, you know, donate directly. I really like that and that you have kind of expanded the scope. Um, and I, I, I just really like the philosophy altogether. I think you put together a really great board that, um, you know, I would say are all folks that I respect um, in some way or another. So, um, you know, congrats on, on the success so far. Um, in terms of like kind of where uh, OpenTats goes from here, when's the platform actually going to kind of be live for people to donate and select um, different projects? And, you know, how do, you know, people who want to get involved, like kind of, you know, ping you and, and, and get listed or whatever. Yeah. So I've been like shamelessly shilling it on Twitter. So if, if you want to get involved, uh, our handles are like open sets. Um, you can go to the website, opensats.org. I think right now, pretty much the contact page just comes directly into my email, but you can always ping me directly. I'm a Bitcoin person on Twitter. Uh, you can ping the open sats handle on Twitter, but just reaching out is, is honestly the best way to get involved. And, um, we are like totally reliant on um, co contributions from the public. So while I did mention the nine person board, like I need to give, 
I need to give an extra big shout out to a couple people. One is Castle Nine, um, who's I think working on a project called Ducks Reserve, which which helps make um, kind of private key custody or multi-sig easy. It's a lot like Spectre Wallet. So he's been doing, yep. the, he's been building the entire website as well as um, the entire donation platform, which we do hope, like I'm, I'm shooting to have it live uh, by Bitcoin 21. It's probably going to be a really bare bones version, but ideally we have, you know, a few projects pre-listed and also the, the ability to kind of donate to the general fund. Um, so we're, we're definitely shooting to have it live here in the next, I guess, as of recording about a week from now, but it sounds like this will be, this will go live after that. So hopefully by the time this airs, um, we are fully up and running. Um, and then again, another shout out to uh, the designers. Um, we have an anonymous designer who's been helping an anonymous accountant who's doing all our back end work. And then there's a lot of supporting organizations who, who have helped fund us um, to make sure we, we can kind of hit our, our hundred percent pass through goals. So first of all, shout out to them. And then, as far as timelines go, yeah, the bare bones version is going to be up soon. Um, and then at that point, we're, we're going to be open sourcing our code. We're really hoping that anyone who's interested from a design standpoint, anyone who's interested in contributing from a developer standpoint, or if you just want to get involved on maybe the operational side and fundraising or something, um, please reach out. I think, I think what we're doing is, is going to be really good for the space. So, um, <laughs> because we are 100% pass through, it's it's hard to to kind of recruit people in, other than um, just kind of uh, playing, tugging on the heartstrings, and and um, you know asking them to try and give back to the community. So anyone and everyone who who wants to contribute, you know, you can reach out to me directly, and we'll figure out a way to get you involved. That's awesome. And like, so 100% pass through. So these anonymous contributors, um, you're not paying them, right? Like they're just oh, contributing no. design wise and they're just putting in the work just because. No one, uh, none of the board members, no one is making any money. Um, there, there are a few expenses. And so just to be transparent, when we say 100% pass through, what that means is any donation made on the website, if you donate to the general fund, if you donate to an individual project, 100% of that money will go through. And that includes um, credit card and debit card donations. And so that is one of the operational fees that, you know, God forbid the banks actually cut us any breaks other than Silvergate. Um, you know, we still have our payment processing fees. And right now, um, who was it that's picking that up? It's uh, it's Ledger, actually, who is um, co help covering or helping to cover payment processing fees. So if you donate $100 with your Visa card to BTC Pay Server on our website, uh, you know, typically what would happen is about two to three percent of that would get eaten by <laughs> payment processing fees. Uh, you know, thank you, Visa and, and, and the banks. But what Ledger is doing is they're kind of doing a two to three percent don donation match on any of those. So even 100 percent of those donations go through. Um, and so, yeah, I think um, the the other really only serious expense we had was uh, legal to start up. And so. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have a pro bono attorney off the bat, but there is someone who's already kind of stepped up and agreed to help us in the future. So we do had a we did have a couple operational um, or like startup expenses that were um, covered by some of our early sponsors. Um, shout out John Pfeffer, shout out Greg Foss, and um, ideally we're we're automating most things in the future. Again, you know, Rivers waiving fees, Silvergate's waiving fees. Um, Noddle Cloud is is going ahead and hosting for us. So there's really not a lot of ongoing operational expenses. And that'll help us, you know, make sure that every dollar that goes in goes right back out to, to open source contributors. 
So how are you getting paid? What are you doing to earn a living? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the other like kind of sub answer to the question is I'm not getting paid for this at all. But uh, I did leave Visa. You know, I didn't I didn't do it just to start OpenSats. It, it, it's been a really nice project to work on in, in my spare time. Um, honestly, it's it's a ton of time right now. But I also um, am working on my own startup right now. So I did leave in January with uh, with the goal of creating a for profit, and that's um, that's a company that I'm working on right now, actually, with with quite a few Bitcoiners that you got. You probably know we haven't quite gone live yet, um, but it's coming soon, and uh, hopefully that'll pay the bills in the future. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this is just every time I want to procrastinate on that project, I, I work on OpenSat. So it's been a good kind of change of pace for me. Yeah, well, it's a very productive procrastination, I have to say. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so I guess. Uh, you know, not to, to get boring or dig, you know, too deep into the weeds, but like, um, do you see OpenSats being a relatively kind of, uh, passive project? Um, like how much kind of like time do you think like now that you created the entity, I feel like a lot of the work is kind of front loaded now that once the site is launched, um, you know, it's more like just kind of curating and approving and distributing, like how much time do you think that's going to take? Yeah, it'll take a little time. Um. To be honest, what I'll what I'll probably do is is there will there will need to be some de- development and design work, and I'm sure there's already been some requests from people for additional features and things. And so, I really love the model that like Google does, where their employees kind of work um, half days or full days on Fridays to like to to work on any kind of fun project they want. So I think that could be a fun way to give back in the future and still kind of be able to. Um, work on this here or there. But yeah, the, the idea here is that we wanted to create kind of a well-oiled machine. And so, um, you know, we're automating as much as we can. So the onboarding process for donors will be pretty smooth where you come in and apply to be listed. And then pretty much once a month, the board will just kind of review all the applicants, make sure that they check the boxes. You know, are you a Bitcoiner or, you know, are you working on free and open source software? If yes, like, uh, then go ahead. Like, we'll, we'll give you a project page to get listed and um, you know collect funds on your behalf and then on the back end it's it's pretty simple because because we're not dealing with the banking system and payouts that way you know paying paying people in bitcoin is is really easy really smooth um, so yeah I'm, I'm i'm hoping that it does get a little bit easier as we as we move forward a lot of the work was front loaded there was a lot of legal and regulatory stuff to sort out um, but uh, once we go live, uh, the idea is that we're going to open source the software. If there are features that people want to see built, so like I'm going to do my best to contribute the time that I can. But um, you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to rely a lot on um, designers, developers, and, and contributors in the space um, to to help kind of push the project forward. And hopefully, if we're doing a good job, it's it's not too hard of an ask. But um, yeah, I gotta <laughs> I gotta pay the bills sometimes. I haven't been stacking sats as hard as I should for the last couple of months. For sure. Well, you got that little dip, so maybe you have an opportunity <laughs> here. But you know, uh, I, I'm I just kind of curious, just based on um, you know how how the whole thing is going to work in general. Um, but in terms of like uh, you know paying people with Bitcoin as a Bitcoin business, Bitcoin magazine, I feel like we actually have a competitive advantage because we can tap into a truly global workforce. And we can just pay them in Bitcoin and they would be priced out if we had to use fiat. 
Like I would not be able to pay the dude in Nigeria if I had to pay him in whatever <laughs> their fiat was, because like by the time I jump through the hoops, he's no longer competitive. But the fact that I can just pay him in Bitcoin, he's ultra competitive and it's like a strategic advantage. And I feel like most people don't understand like the magnitude of the improvement that Bitcoin offers. Yeah, it's it's definitely a huge help for cross border. Um, it's it, it's still slow and expensive kind of to pay even within your borders. Um, but the second you go overseas and you're trying to, I don't know, fund Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador or like you said, a, a developer in Nigeria, then you're talking like you're, you're doing international wire transfers that are hitting tons of banks and all these funds that we're hoping to go to these people um, would just get eaten away. And, and not to mention like, the the time it takes to actually get to them so uh the, the paying in bitcoin has been a huge help it also because we are just supporting open source contributors like they might not be bitcoiners and this is going to kind of force hopefully other people uh to learn about bitcoin learn how to use a wallet learn about this technology and and maybe kind of have the aha moment when they start to receive their funding in bitcoin so um because they're already working in free and open source software you know uh, bitcoin bitcoin would be a really complimentary technology for most of most of these projects so we're hoping to kind of bootstrap some adoption there um, and then we have the added advantage. I think, you know, at Bitcoin Magazine, you guys probably have a little more um, operational overhead where you have fiat kind of bills that you have to pay. And so there's probably some treasury management where you're keeping some fiat, some Bitcoin, because you just have to you just have to pay the bills. You know, getting a 50 percent dip uh, is, is tough to pay a fiat bill. Luckily for us, we really don't have a lot of operational overhead. And um there's really no downside to us like auto smash buying Bitcoin and keeping our treasuries there. And and hopefully over time, I think as we've all seen, I think Bitcoin has returned 200% year over year since inception. Um, you know, I think I think forced hodling um, on behalf of our contributors will will actually uh, kind of uh, do really well for for them in the long run. And how, how are like the keys held? Is that in a multi-sig or using River for that? Or what's that? How's that work? We're still trying to figure that out right now. That's that's probably the main reason that we haven't um, gone live. Like, it'd be really easy to just put a uh, BTC Pay server link up right now, but we um, we've considered using Unchained um, for like our two of three. Uh, we're we're probably going to be doing most of our monthly payouts on Lightning. So there's going to be probably like a hot wallet where we do the kind of lower value monthly payments, where maybe someone's receiving you know a hundred dollars a month in recurring donations. Um, but for the big grants and things, uh, we want a dog food, um, uh, like the technology. So we've discussed like a five of nine multi-sig that gets a little tricky. Maybe we, maybe we bring it down to like a three of seven or four of seven, but, um, we're definitely trying to figure out ways that, that we can kind of, um, dog food, the tech that, that we're trying to promote. And so, um, Luckily, being 100% pass-through, we're also planning on being extremely transparent. I don't see a huge downside with using a third-party provider um, other than maybe a few privacy-oriented things. But um, we, we our, our goal is to be as transparent as possible. We're going to probably come out with a giant blog post that, that says exactly how we're managing funds. But it's probably going to look a lot like a, a multi-sig held by uh, you know, a, a variety of the nine board members. Very cool. And I guess my last question is like, what, what's the big vision uh, for OpenSats? You know, is it like you want this to just be an eternal entity to fund Bitcoin uh, and propagate it? Like what's what's kind of like the long term goal for, for this kind of like slush fund for Bitcoin that you're building? 
Yeah, I think um, my my dream differs, I think, a lot from the other board members. And I, I think that's healthy. Uh, I don't think any of us really know where it's going to go. I know when I started it, I'm, you know, I'm a taco pleb. Like, I, I'm just a guy. No one really knows me. Um, I'm definitely like the least famous or popular out of all nine people on the board and, and anyone who's helped, been helping contribute to the project in any way. So what I'm really excited about is uh, kind of trying to solve this free rider problem that, that exists in the open source community. So um, if, if you're not familiar, I'm sure you are, but if any listeners aren't familiar with what that is, it's, it's kind of this um, economic problem with open source software, which, which typically ends with brain drain out of the ecosystem. So, you know, if you're a, if you're an open source contributor, uh, you're, you're giving back to Bitcoin, maybe you're a core developer and you're working on this tech day in and day out, and you're not really getting paid to do that. And to be honest, you're probably one of the more talented developers in the space and you're getting job offers from Google or Facebook or Coinbase. And what you see is a lot of these people who don't really get compensated, um, they're leaving to go to the private sector and, and join these big enterprises. And that's that's just like a, a challenge we have because all these enterprises, all these you know users, including myself, we could all probably do a little more to give back to the people that that maintain this software. And so I'm most excited about like giving a really easy to use platform for plebs or, or enterprises or small companies, anyone that's benefiting from Bitcoin and, and the open source contributors that maintain it, I want them to be able to give back five, $10 a month. And if we can get shit, if we can get 10,000 people, like God forbid, what if we get a hundred thousand people giving back, you know, five thousand, $5 a month? Um, you know, we're, now we're starting to look like um, something that can really help fund the ecosystem in the long term. And um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, solving that free rider problem is, is what I, what my vision is, but you know, each board member is different. I know, you know, Matt O'Dell and Janine are probably really, really excited about some of the privacy projects. Um, I know um, Dread is really excited about trying to find international projects and underfunded developers around the world where, you know, a thousand dollars would go a really long way. Um, and so I think each, each board member brings like a different perspective to, to what they want to see, but I'm definitely most excited about the, the small scale kind of donations from, from the community because, uh, it's really sad. Like you got, you got mine. It's like the proof of work mentality in this ecosystem. It works really great for miners, right? It, you know, you, you literally spend on electricity and you get rewarded in Bitcoin. If you're a user of the network, your, your proof of work is you're probably working a fiat day job and then you buy Bitcoin. That's your proof of work. But the only people who aren't rewarded for the efforts that they put in, or at least who aren't rewarded fairly are the open source contributors. And I think, um, you know, it, it's just not fair. So hopefully, hopefully we can do like, we can just be a small part of a, a big um, kind of push in the ecosystem to give back. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I feel like the incentive exists for OpenSats and other organizations to fill that void. So that's how uh, it's made right. And, and, you know, the system continues. So hopefully, you know, Bitcoin truly, I feel like Bitcoin is truly an open source project like no other. And therefore, you know, it's going to change how open source works because of its existence. Um, so uh, I think that this kind of fits into that. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, how does the board change? Because it sounds like, obviously, the board's personality is what's going to kind of manage the general <laughs> fund to some degree. Yeah. So um, 
in the sense of like how how if like a board member goes rogue and becomes a shit coiner or something, how does it change? Or like, you know, how do you add new board members or like you yeah. want to step away? Like what is like how does the fluidity of that kind of work? Yeah. So we haven't had any no drama so far. Uh, I'm sure there we it's it's a board full of a lot of uh, bold personalities. So we have our disagreements. We've already, you know, disagreed on a few things as far as, you know, setting up the organization. Um but luckily, we're all kind of level-headed people that, that can kind of talk our, pro- our problems out logically. And the most important thing is they're all like true good Bitcoiners with principles. And, and that was the number one thing. If, um, in, and as far as how, how does like a board member get replaced or, or how does it work? It's really just like any other company's uh, board of directors. We have a, um, our articles of incorporation and um, that that basically dictates any um, all the rules and responsibilities that that the organization kind of has to adhere to. And so right now, um, let's say uh, I'll pick on Matt. Let's say Matt turns into like an Ethereum guy. Uh, and we you know, this is a this is a Bitcoin. Um, this is a Bitcoin charity. What we would basically do is, you know, we would probably have a, a discussion and figure out what the hell's going on with him. But um, ultimately, if, if we did need to switch a board member, or we needed to appoint someone new right now, I think um, I think it's a six of nine vote is required. So it's a little bit more than majority. But that would be how um, a board member uh, is is replaced. Cool, Ben. Well, um, I'm glad that you created a Bitcoin fund as a hobby while creating a Bitcoin startup. Um, I can tell that you're going to be doing a lot for the space and uh, excited to, you know, stay in touch and, and kind of chronicle your journey, man. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, giving me a little bit of a platform. Uh, it always feels weird to shill, shill projects and stuff, but this is one that I don't feel bad at all about coming out on the on the podcast and uh, seeing and making my rounds because um yeah, I mean, again, just, you know, we're, we're just, we're really just, we're trying to make it rain on Bitcoin developers and contributors, and, and I don't feel bad about that. So um, <laughs> I do appreciate the sentiment. Uh, again, if anyone wants to get involved, if you want to get involved, um, feel free to reach out. We could, we could always use the help. And um, I guess I would, I would say if, if anyone's a Bitcoin 21, hit me up. But again, I think this is airing after that. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm sorry we couldn't time this one up perfectly, but we got a jam-packed calendar, man. So um, things are rolling at Bitcoin Magazine, and obviously Bitcoin 2021 is going to be a smash hit. You're going to make a ton of connections that are going to do a lot for OpenSats. I'm quite, quite convinced of that. I think people are going to be really impressed with what you built and the team you put together. Um, I guess just to kind of close it out, like working people kind of uh, keep track of OpenSats, keep track of you, and... Uh, you know, maybe even get some sneak peeks into uh, your stealth project. Uh, yeah, so um, OpenSats is OpenSats.org, OpenSats.com. You can go to all the OpenSats things, and I bought all the domains. So they're all redirect to OpenSats.org. Um, we also have a Twitter, uh, so, you know, that's OpenSats. Um, my handle is a, a Bitcoin person, um, so you can you can find me there. Um, my DMs are open, um, so feel free to reach out. And then, yeah, for the new for, <laughs> for the new startup, like, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's time. I don't I don't think it's quite time yet. But uh, I'll give a little teaser. Like, we're gonna be we're gonna be mostly uh, a consumer facing Bitcoin company. So we're gonna start out with kind of a a fun little DCA product, kind of a smash buy product, and. Um, the goal would be to eventually build kind of like a a full stack kind of 
Bitcoin financial services or financial services company built on top of Bitcoin. So I'm kind of sick of the legacy system. Uh, almost everything that Visa does, almost everything that the banking system does, the remittance market, um, the loans and, and savings markets, uh, they can all be pretty easily disintermediated with Bitcoin. And so, um, yeah, luckily we're, I'm able to put together a team and, and um, we're going to get all the, the kind of crappy rules and licenses and regulations out of the way and, and just build a safe space for uh, our developers to build kind of what the people want. Uh, we're, we're all a bunch of Bitcoiners. We, we love lightning. We love um, privacy. We love coin joins uh, and we love smash buying. So uh, we're going to try and we're going to try and build a platform that, that makes it easy for, for all the plebs and, and anyone to, to kind of get involved if they want. Dude, the the Bitcoin neo banks are coming. I don't think I don't think it's priced in, but I, I've been super impressed with what's been here, and I'm sure what you're building is going to be awesome. Yeah, there's definitely some competition. I wish I could say we would have the first mover advantage. Um, we definitely don't have that. But <laughs> there's no question uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> we we do want to go international, so maybe we can. Um, maybe we, you know, I've been living in Jamaica, Brazil, Mexico for the last year. Some of those markets are, um, you know, really they really need this, you know, they really need Bitcoin out here in the rest of the world. I think a lot of us, a lot of us stay really kind of hyper-focused or ethnocentric uh, focused on, on the U S but um, to be honest, uh, the rest of the world needs this probably a little more than we do. And I'm really excited about um, trying to reach out uh, and, and bring Bitcoin to as many people in the world as possible. So maybe we'll have the first mover advantage down in Jamaica or something. Amen. You love to see it. You love to see it. Well, Hey dude, it was great having you on the show, Ben, and uh, I'm going to have to have you back on, and uh, I hope that you uh, send Bitcoin Magazine a press release when you're ready to to go public and uh, excited to share the news. Yeah, it's not going to be long, actually. It's been in the waking. You know, I've, I've been working on it since January, so uh, we'll be out and uh, pretty public about it here pretty soon. But uh, in the meantime, hopefully OpenSAS launches and... Um, or at least fully launches. Yeah, I guess my last shill is if you are... Uh, we have soft launch, so if you are a... Uh, contributor to Bitcoin Core or free and open source software, our website, um, you know, please go to it and apply to be listed. Um, you know, as long as you you're doing the right thing and you're you're creating free and open source software, um, we'll be able to give you a platform to to raise money from the community. So please, please, please go, uh, you know, apply, um, and uh, hopefully we can we can uh, funnel some money your way. And then again, if you're a donor. Um, you know, just go check out some of the projects that are listed. If you're having a hard time choosing uh, or, you know, you might not be the most technical person. Uh, again, we put together an amazing board that should be able to help kind of direct funds to, to some really good projects. So whether you're a contributor or a donor, uh, this platform should be uh, pretty good for you. All right, man. Well, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for it to come on live. I, I have a, a canker in to uh, be a patron, so uh, right. I'm down to donate and uh, excited for others to do so as well. Um, and again, the, the Bitcoin everything route is what we stand for, especially at Bitcoin Magazine. It is a uh, moral imperative to get off the fiat system. It's destroying everyone's lives and really creating a lot of pain. So Bitcoin fixes this and uh, I'm excited to have really awesome teammates on Team Bitcoin. So uh, for everyone else who wants to keep track of Team Bitcoin and what's happening in the Bitcoin ecosystem, Bitcoin Magazine is the best place to do that. Check us out at Bitcoin Magazine. Check me out at CK underscore Snarks. And yeah, stay hodling, guys. It's been uh, been a tough dip, but hopefully when you're listening to this, we are celebrating a huge Bitcoin 2021 pump. If not, hope you stack sats. Peace.
A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.